Hey homebodies, it's Robin and Molly and we're here to remind you that if you're looking to buy a home or refinance to be sure to check out our platinum sponsor Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Aaron is licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin and is a top lender in the area. You can find his information on our website homeiswherethemurderis.com in all our show notes and on all of our social media platforms. Again, if you're looking for the best in lending, check out Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. And this is... Home is where the murder is. Welcome. Murder. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Happy Monday, as I always say. Monday, Monday, Monday. You know, instead of saying happy Monday, I should be like... Monday, Monday. Gloomy Monday, everyone. I have a... No, I like Mondays. Mondays can be fine. I like Mondays because... It's the start of the school week for me, and I get my time. Your children, my go children. Oh, they go, <laughs> they go away, but for learning and educational purposes, yeah, and they and they like school. School's going good, so yeah, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my mind's back in school. He's happy as a clam. So, you know that expression. How do we know clams are happy? I don't where did that come from? I don't know. That's a silly expression. Is, happy as a clam. I don't think clams are happy. Well, how would we know? It's an unpopular opinion, I guess. There's my unpopular <laughs> opinion. Clams are not happy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So what's new with you? Oh, not a whole lot. We did a lot of sports this weekend. Fletcher had football and soccer. Um, so we were traveling all around for that. Um, the weather is finally being the kind of weather I like. It oh, is. is it? Oh my gosh, it's perfect. It's like warm enough in the daytime where you could still wear a tank and shorts outside, but at night it gets like all crisp and cool and like fall like. And it's like with windows open, it's like you're cold and I love it. And I decorated for, started to decorate for Halloween inside mm-hmm. our house, which I love. And I made a Halloween board and it's just great. And it's outside and oh. it has a tombstone on it and oh, I love so it. Happy. And a crow or a raven, I'm not sure. Crows and ravens are different, I think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That I'm sure about that. That's something I am sure about. Not if clams are happy though. <laughs> God, you can tell you're tired. <laughs> no. I've also been dealing with like a migraine kind of like on and off all week. Yeah. That's some, there, there's a fun fact about me. Yeah. I don't know if my, if my listeners, <laughs> yeah. our listeners Your know, specific listener. my specific <laughs> listeners. Um, no, I don't know if people know. I suffer from migraines a lot, which is a really fun thing in my life. Yeah. So. Yeah, they kind of come in waves where, like, if I have one, like, I'll have one, like, basically for a couple of days, and it kind of goes on and off. So I've been kind of having that for... Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you you I see mean, me. I mean, I know what it does to you. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. you down and yeah, but it sucks. And, and yeah. some days I just push through it, and this weekend I've just been yeah. kind of having to push through it because I've had things going on, so... Yeah. No, I hear you. So. Life's, life keeps going. It really the wheels does. of life keep turning. It's a little much. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. What about you? What's up with you? Well, I'm home. Um, at, from our last episode, everyone, I told everyone that I was in Vegas, which I thought I was. you. I thought you lived there now. I know I've been there so much. You should just buy a house there. Absolutely not. I am nothing against our listeners in Nevada or Vegas I, in well, specific. Yeah, probably. Nevada itself is absolutely gorgeous. The yeah, awesome. The desert, it's just awesome. But 
Vegas, Vegas is a different thing is than not Nevada. Where I belong as a human being. I think Vegas is different than Nevada, though. I think so too. It's just it was it's just too much for me. And I, I and as I mentioned in our last episode, I not the one year of not not drinking. I I it kind of has completely changed who I am. I can't drink as much as I used to. Right, and, and that's kind of what Vegas is about. Yeah, and that was the problem. Is yeah. that I would be falling asleep by nine o'clock and. Yep. Yep, so I just decided that I was not going to do that anymore. And um, so we did the wedding. It was great. And I got on a plane and then we hit a storm while we were in the plane. And yes, I had a complete meltdown. I'm sure everyone loved that. Panic attack. Yep. Um, And I was sitting next to my friend Rangana and her husband, and they couldn't have been calmer. She held my hand the entire time that I cried. And like shook, like I was like shaking, and it was bad. Yeah. Um, uh, so we were in the air longer because we had to go around the storm, um, which I don't like being in the air at all. So then we finally got around it and landed in Milwaukee, and I said I would never fly again. And I know that's probably not true. You absolutely will fly again. But you're a Robin. It was after oh all. My God, you were so annoying. <laughs> But it was awful. I don't... The Vegas trip itself, the wedding was beautiful. I went to the Mob Museum. I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Mob... In my accent, I don't know if anyone can even understand. It sounds M-O-B. Yeah, like the Mob. Like the Mafia kind of thing. Yeah. Mob Museum. So that was, besides the wedding, the highlight of my trip. It was awesome. And I got so much material. Oh, I will be covering the Mob in one of our episodes. That'd be a fun episode. Yeah. So it's... I. I was there. I feel like they murdered people in some houses. They did, and I took pictures of yep. it. So, and I'm actually going to post some of the photos I took in our group because it's really cool. Like, seeing yeah. like Bugsy Siegel, who is a relatively attractive dude, murdered yeah. in his girlfriend's house. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I need to do that one. That'd be a good one. So, I'm going to do that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good ones. And, like, the whole JFK thing gets tied into the mob and all this. And I'm just like, oh, my God. We were there forever. It all goes all the way to the top. Yep. So I couldn't believe the amount of people that were connected to the mob. But it was awesome. So I learned a lot. And uh, yeah. So besides that, I was in bed by 9 o'clock every night and waking up at 5 a.m. Because I couldn't get the time change to cooperate with my brain. And yeah, I just was I'm just so happy to be home. Home is good. So Yep. And then I went straight from Vegas to the Matt Rife show. Uh, That was fine. That was fine. That was fine. That was a fine time. It was fine. He's funny. I get it. But it was fine. It was, I mean, I'm funny. So like. <laughs> well, and it's like, do you, would you go again? No. Yeah. I mean. You've, you've gone one yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I will say, I think, I think he seems like a genuinely nice human being. Yeah. So nothing bad against him by any means. But I don't know. And it could have just been that I was just done with everything. And you were probably really tired I'm too. I very tired. So. He's funny. Uh, we went with family and they were all, it was nice to do everything. But, yeah. you know, sometimes when you're just done, it's like even Matt Reif can't. Even a comedian. You know, but can't change anything. But, oh, and I forgot the best part of my trip. I what? met a Backstreet Boy. Oh, snap. We haven't even talked about it. I called you when it happened. You did. But and I was I was at a soccer yeah, game because that's yeah. what I do. You guys, I met AJ McLean waiting for an Uber. He was waiting for an Uber at the airport. I was waiting for an Uber at the airport. And like, I'm sorry, AJ's waiting for an Uber. AJ McLean from the Baxter Boys was waiting for this, and our Ubers 
got picked up at the same time. So, like, we walked. What if you would have been, like, sharing an Uber? How cool would that have been? Yeah. I I mean, let's be honest. If I wasn't, like, in a position where I had to be at a wedding, I would have attempted to just get it. Be like, should we just share? Save the environment? Right, share. Yeah. Buddy, let's let's do this. um, You and me. I yelled out, I love you. And he goes, love you, too. And I'm like, ah! You're like, do you? (laughs) No. So now I feel like because that happened... There's just nothing that can top it, and I'm yeah. good. I'm good. I met a Backstreet Boy, like, just yeah, out, out of the most random fucking right. place, too. Right, right. So, yep. So that yeah. that was a great start so to your trip. Great, that was, yeah. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. I met AJ McLean, saw Matt Reif, went to Vegas, and I'm home. Yep. And now Ta-da. you're here, and you made it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I have a murder for you today. Ooh, I love murder. And while it's not a Wisconsin case, it is a Midwest case. So buckle up. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. So, all right. Let me stretch a little bit here. Get ready. This is the murder of Barbara. Barbara. (laughs) Barbara. Barbara. I feel like I'm going to be doing that a lot. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Try again. All right. This is the murder of Barbara Purcell. Okay. Okay. So Barbara or Lori Bird was born in 1955. As she grew up, her brother Sheldon always remembered her as being so sweet and caring and how she even looked like an angel because she had short curly red hair when she was a young child. So very angelic looking. She also always she was also always referred to as Lori and not Barbara by people that knew her, but I'll be referring to her as Barbara. It was her middle name. Oh. But, yeah. Those, were they? Yeah. Okay. They always called her Lori. That makes sense. Yeah. But, it, so, I this was actually on another episode of um, Bodies in the Basement. Oh, you like your I do like that. But then I read some more articles. There's actually not a lot of articles out there about this case, which is kind of interesting. Um, but most, mostly she's referred to as Barbara. So, I'm going to refer to her as that. But okay. just so, just so you know. But Thank she's you. also referred to as Lori. Okay. As um, Sheldon remembers, she was very smart, strong, and that he and the rest of the family were so proud of her for what she had accomplished in life. So as you can tell, I'm talking about her in the past tense because, as I said, she does get murdered. Yeah. It's I was the murder. Say, like, remember in the title when you went blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So... This giving and caring nature would translate to later in life as she would pursue a career as an occupational therapist. And she moved to Rockford, Illinois to work at the Rockford Memorial Hospital located in Winnebago County in Illinois. Is that the one Raina's at? No. Oh, okay. But, yeah. We have a friend that works at a hospital in Rockford. Rockford, yep. Yep. So, but I just, yep. So, yeah, up in Rockford. So, not really far away from us either here. Yeah. And it's down in Rockford. Right. You said up in Rockford. Sure. For us, it's For, yes. down. Right, right. Unless you're trying to, like. Unless I'm, unless I'm upside down. Oh, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's there where she met one of her very good friends, Christy Sanger, in 1994. Christy remembered that right away Barbara seemed to be lost in her thoughts a lot, looking down, but was always very kind. And once she broke through her shell, she was just one of the nicest caring, sensitive, loving people you could ever meet. Wow. So she just very spoke very, very highly of her. Before her career as an occupational therapist, Barbara worked as a waitress 
down in Oklahoma. When she was working as a waitress, she met a man who would eventually turn out to be her husband, a man named Willard Henry Purcell. He traveled around fixing printing presses, and he would visit Barbara often, and then they started dating, got married, and then moved up to Rockford. So he was originally from Rockford, and he was traveling around, and then... Oh, and he just picked her up? Picked her up. Took him with her, took her home. Got got hitched with her and took her back home Uh, with her. the dream. Yep. So that's how she ended up in Rockford. When they moved to Rockford, Willard was actually working in a neighboring community, so not in the same area as Barbara. In Illinois, especially like the Chicago area, there's lots of like little like suburbs of Chicago and like Illinois. I, I it's yeah. kind of interesting if people don't know like the Chicago area. If you say that you live in Chicago, you probably actually don't live in Chicago. You probably live in a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. And Rockford is outside of Chicago by a long ways. But when he says that he lived worked in a neighboring community, that's pretty common of. Illinois, well, I yeah, feel we like do that here with Milwaukee, yeah. Madison too. Yep, Milwaukee. Like people always say they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" I go Madison. Yep, because I don't think they'll know where Mount Horror right, is. Right, yep. right. So I feel like so I feel like that's a pretty common thing for people to be like, "Oh, I'm from like Rockford or I'm from Chicago," but you're actually like working or you right. know in a neighboring area. So just for people that maybe aren't familiar with this area, I, I feel like it's a Midwest thing too. So yeah, if unless it's not and. Other people do this? Maybe. Which Maybe be- we're explaining something and people are like, yeah, yeah duh. Know. Everyone knows. Yeah. But either way, they both had good jobs and they both seemed to have a great relationship with each other. Willard was a quiet man, someone who would answer questions when asked but wouldn't lead conversations. He was polite and he always seemed to be in his own world and kind of hanging back from a crowd and separate. So I think everyone kind of knows someone like that where like they're just kind of there There. yep Mm -hmm. but not like part of things totally me yep totally yeah not part of things they're like oh i didn't even know robin was here no one ever no one i'm so quiet exactly so barbara and willard were both very private people protective of one another and loved nature and they were considered introverts oh yep so that's why they kind of got along I eat introverts for dinner. Yeah, you are not that. <laughs> that is not, this is not describing you. Which is funny because so many people that listen to true crime podcasts are introverts and I'm over here like, yeah, yeah, get out of here with not that quietness. Me. Yeah, I'm a loudness person. So on June 6th, June 6th, Ooh. 2001, Barbara didn't show up for work, which wasn't like Barbara at all. She didn't call in, and no one had heard from her. Christy had a feeling something was wrong. Another co-worker, Amy Newburn, informed the police when no one was able to get a hold of Barbara. A welfare check was done on the house since no one was picking up the phone either when they called. Detective Kurt Ditzler, who was a sergeant at the Winnebago County Sheriff's Office, and their officers there were called to the house, which is in a rural Winnebago County, was in rural Winnebago County. So they didn't live like right in town. They lived a little bit on the outside of town. Okay. It was a ranch style home with an exposed basement. So it looked like a two story home when you went around to it. But from the front, it was a ranch style. Okay. The front of the house looked fairly normal with no signs of anything had happened. There was a storm door on the outside and you could see the inner door to the home wasn't shut completely. So 
I'm going to explain what a storm door is too to, to people. Cause oh, for sure. Because a lot of people, a lot of people don't probably know. don't have. So in the Midwest, a lot of homes have two doors for like a front door normally. So there's a storm door and then your front door. The storm door is usually like a, the thinner door that's usually like glass and you can, some people remove it during the summertime mm-hmm. even. And put in a screen. And put in a screen. Or it's kind of like an extra protective layer, especially for like the wintertime or like a storm. Yep. So, um, so basically, it it kind of helps protect your front door. Your front door, yeah. Yep. So it's like a helmet for your front door. Exactly. So I I I'm assuming that a lot of places around the country or around the world probably don't have that. So that's what a storm door is, basically. Thank you, so, Molly. Yeah, you're welcome. So once police entered the home after looking through a window and seeing a leg at the bottom of the stairwell in the basement. Just a leg? Well, there's there was a body connected. Oh, okay. Don't worry. Jesus. I know, but they, they looked through and they saw <laughs> like, a did leg. Did Jurassic Park go through it? No, I know. But they, they looked through and they saw a leg. So they entered the home. An unfortunate discovery was made. Around 10.22 a.m., a white female who was deceased was discovered. Oh. Her body, part of the body was in the landing area of the basement and her legs were going up the stairs towards the main level of the home. So picture if someone was at the bottom of the stairs with their head kind of at the bottom and the rest of their body was on the stairs, like going up. Like looking like they fell down. Right, exactly. So, you know, if if you can get that visual in your head. I got it. Yep. So Rocco Wagner was the lead detective assigned to the case. When he arrived, he could see that she had blood on the back of her head, so some sort of blunt force trauma had occurred, and there was also blood splatter on the wall at the top of the stairs. Margie O'Connor was the lead prosecutor on the case. Prosecutor? Prosecutor. Sorry. (laughs) My mouth is a little dry. Margie believed that the injuries looked to be something like an object that, you know, about the flashlight size. That's what they said. I'm like, that's very specific, and... And they actually found a flashlight in the home with blood and DNA on it that happened to be Barbara's. So they were able to find that very quickly. In the basement, there was a broken window, a glass coffee table that had some drawers in it that were pulled out and items thrown all over it. So they thought maybe things were taken. So possibly it could have been a robbery. Barbara's dress was also pulled up and her undergarments were pulled down. So there was probably a sexual assault that had taken place. It definitely looked like there was a struggle, too, by how the house looked down there. And you could tell that she was fighting for her life. Oh, that's so sad. No one in Barbara's life could believe the news. Her brother just automatically said on the phone, why not me? Which is so heartbreaking. He would have rather died than his sister. That's so sad. And then her friend Christy was just mad. How could this have happened to someone who was so great, she thought. Yeah. So that's why yeah, it always happens to the good ones. That's it does. Why I'm an asshole. There you go. <laughs> Just be an forever. asshole. <laughs> so next, after the search of the house was done, a grid search was done on the outside perimeter. During the grid search, tire tracks were found 75 miles west of the house. So they took a plaster cast. They then did a neighborhood check to see what else they could find from the neighbors. Of course, the spouses always looked at first, as we know, so they went out to find Willard. They couldn't find him at his brother's house or at work, so they sent squad cars out to look for him. 
Um, but they did keep looking for other suspects as well, including sex offenders in the area, people just let out of prison, or any other recent break-ins in the area. So they did keep an open mind. <clears throat> but something didn't make sense at the crime scene. They believe that she was murdered the night before when she got home from work, just from how things were. That she was hit once on the top of the stairs and then two more times at the bottom of the stairs. They could tell by looking at the blood splatter patterns that it was a minimum of three hits. They did have a housekeeper because they did have, they both had two good jobs. So uh, the housekeeper said that things were missing, including her wedding ring and other jewelry and some, they had a coin collection and that was missing too. Oh no. So usually for a break-in, it's just that. It's not also usually a sexual assault. Of course, there's sometimes that it is, but you know, so this all didn't really make sense. The position she was in also wasn't a position that a sexual assault would occur. Right. Not on the steps like not that. Not on the that steps like that. would have been very like difficult. Exactly. Not that I've ever sexually assaulted anyone. But it would have been a difficult position to do that. She no. was at the bottom of the stairs with her head down and the bottom of the rest of her body facing up. So no. it's not a position for a sexual assault to occur. But that's not to say that the person couldn't have put her in that position afterwards either. But still, usually if someone's breaking in to steal things, they don't really hang around really long afterwards to sexually assault someone, then stage the body, and then get out. So... Right. You know, they they just didn't think that this was very plausible. Okay. The glass was also going the wrong way for the break-in to occur on the door, they found. Oh. Yep. So that was a big red flag for them. So this seemed to be staged. Okay. So someone didn't really think about that. So they decided to look further into the computer while they still had custody of the house, too. Like they that. moved the drop ceiling because the cord went up into the ceiling so that they could, you know, take possession of the computer to look into it further. And they found some porn alongside Barbara's life insurance policy. Oh, no. And guess who was listed as the beneficiary on it? Willard. Willard sure was, which makes sense. He's the husband, but still, but I mean. still, we can't find him. His wife is dead. Yes. So Interesting. Exactly. So June 7th, the day after she was murdered, a deputy made a traffic stop and detained Willard. They brought him in and interviewed him. He was very standoffish from the beginning. Shocking. Wait a second. So this was the day after? They hadn't found so him yet. So he had yet. never gone home? Nope. So we know he's guilty at Basically, this point. Basically, okay. yes. So he never had gone home. But they had been having, I mean, they'd been having marriage issues. So you'll, it you'll see. Help his case no, much, it does but. not at all. So he was standoffish from the beginning. He kept on saying, what is she saying about me now? So he didn't know that she was dead yet. Quotation, allegedly. He was working in Naperville. Naperville, Naperville. I think it's Naperville? Naperville, which is 90 miles east of Rockford, which is a suburb of Chicago the day before. And then he went to his brother's when he was done with work. He said, um, and he kept on saying, what did she say I did this time? Yeesh. Then they told him that they found her dead. And then he became very concerned and quiet because he thought he was in some sort of trouble. And they ended the interview and asked for an attorney. Well, yeah. Obviously. Next, they talked to some of Barbara's coworkers. Barbara had confided in them that her and Willard had been having issues. Okay. Obviously. 
Um, they said that they were just sorted together, but there was a block between them. There wasn't any hugging, hand-holding, no eye contact, that they were just kind of together. Then during um, 1999 to 2000, Barbara was spending more time away from home for some more training for her occupational therapist job. And he didn't like that because he didn't trust her while she was gone and away from the house. Police learned that the fights were actually getting more violent leading up to the months before Barbara's death as well. One fight they were having was getting was her getting her own cell phone. He did not like that idea. They were also sleeping in separate bedrooms. They were both also getting separate phone calls on their personal cell phones, and they would both leave the rooms to go talk on their phones and go outside and talk. So they were suspicious of one another about having affairs. Interesting. Yep. The night of the murder happening, there were calls coming into Barbara on her personal cell phone from a Willie Brown, but they couldn't figure out why this person was calling her six to seven times leading up to the murder and actually around the same time that she would have been attacked as well. So they brought in this Willie Brown to interview him. Wait a minute. We got a Willard I know. and a Willie. What are the odds? Huh. They did a background check on him, and he was actually clean. Nothing really came back suspicious. And he said that he never called her. He did not know, didn't know Barbara. He's like, I don't know who this Barbara person is. And that he must have been a wrong number. But, and he's like, he looked at the phone records. He's like, that's my phone. Like, yeah, I did call. Like, I don't know who Barbara is, though. But he kept saying that, you know, I don't know what this is. Eventually, he said that he was calling some sort of ad in the paper, and he had inverted the last two numbers. Well, that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. So they thought they had this lead, and oh, it was a complete accident. That's something. So he was quickly eliminated as a suspect. Well, okay. So let's look at so our So Willie's gone. We got Willard there. We got Willie's Willie. gone off of it. Okay. So it's really Willard so it's right really now. coming down to Willard. Okay. Yep. And actually... Willard was a so not Willie Willard the the husband was actually arrested the week before the murder because he had tased Barbara with a stun gun. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Well, so he jumped out at her in their garage and got her in the neck. But why? I know. So after that happened, she drove to the hospital to document to document that she had stun gun wounds on her neck. He was charged with domestic battery and went to jail. And she got an order banning him from coming to the house after this, obviously. And after this, she was scared of him. She confided in her co-workers that she thought that he might have had something to do, actually, after all of this, that he might have actually been the person to kill his first wife. <gasps> There's a first wife? There's a first wife oh, that died. you just left that out. I sure did. Okay, let's hear about this. And she actually died in a tragic accident on July 27th in 1987. She was doing laundry, and Crystal was found dead at the bottom of the stairs in the basement. Oh, my God. Yeah. This drives me nuts. If you're going to kill your spouses, you have got to change it up. Yep. At the time, it was ruled an accident. Sound familiar? Sure yeah, does. exactly. So... They actually lived in a different neighborhood in Rockford at the time because he's from Rockford, right? Um, but after Rockford used the stun gun on Barbara, they started, you know, the, the cops were like, hmm, this might actually yeah. all be connected, right? Willard, 
you know, with the crystal thing, Barbara yeah. being killed and the stun gun. Like, this is all kind of seeming a little bit yeah. too... Sus. Sus. This is a little sus. What the kids say. They do. So, like you asked, so why did Willard all of a sudden use a stun gun on Barbara? Right. So, according to top, to um, court documents, Barbara had been using her cell phone more frequently, making Willard more and more jealous and suspicious that Barbara was having an affair. When in actuality, she had been talking to her son in Oklahoma about his upcoming wedding. Oh. Willard's jealousy spiraled out of control, and he assaulted her while she was leaving for work through the door connecting to the kitchen to the garage. He stepped out from behind the door and knocked her to the ground. Willard shot her in the neck and arm with a stun gun, demanding to know why she made why she had herself why she had a cell phone basically and he and why he she wouldn't speak to him about it cuz they were she was very secretive about a cell phone because she knew that he didn't want her to have one interesting i this know this is very remember this interesting. is early like yeah, when no, so, I get but that i mean one. it's I, very yeah. weird i just think that it's so crazy how he just jumps to the conclusions. And like, why a stun gun? Like, why do that, yeah, buddy? Who's just got a stun gun? And like, and doing that, that to I your wife, have? like, yeah. to be like, you're not talking to me, stun gun. Yeah, right. So weird. So she was able to leave for work in her car, but he ordered her to return later to talk. Like, okay, yeah, sounds great, buddy. I'm definitely coming back here to talk to you later. <laughs> sounds fun. That's a conversation yeah, I'm right? gonna have. Yeah, I she just. Rushed home. Yep, yep. She's like, you can't wait. Can't wait. Let's let's, let's have dinner. Dinner. <laughs> I'll bring dinner home, honey. So Barbara reported the incident to the police around 12.23 p.m. on May 31st, and then she went to her doctor, like I said, the same day to document the wounds, like a smart lady. Yep. Um, and based on, the, on Barbara's complaint, the police arrested Willard at their home that same day and served him with an order of protection that Barbara had secured. Um, when they searched the house, they could not find the stun gun, however, but he had time to hide it or get rid of it. So I don't, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so... He he said that Bar I mean, Willard said that though that this was all made up that he never did this to her, but she has documented right wounds. right exactly so he said that the stun gun assault allegation was all made up by Barbara to get him out of the house though so how did she get the wounds Willard I don't know he probably said that she did it to herself or something you know what I mean yeah, like because we all believe right. the guy that's yes exactly. Like- you know, accused of murder, so, okay. Right. So police then started to look at Crystal's death, his first wife, as well in closer detail. There were so many similarities to Barbara's case. Rocco, who was the lead on this, said to the co-worker, because Crystal hadn't come to work, and the daughter, that Crystal's daughter, said that her mom had left for work, but she wasn't there. Then her daughter found her mom at the bottom of the stairs, just like Barbara was at the bottom of the stairs. So, and oh, the other, the huge similarity in the case is obviously Willard. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest. And so, it's like he gets mad and he's like, okay, I'm just going to kill you. Push you down the you stairs. Out of my way. So, this doesn't happen twice to the same person. That just doesn't happen. No. So, um, so once Barbara's autopsy was complete, she had three blunt force trauma wounds to the back of her head and to the back right of her head. So, like in the back of her head and wounds on the back of her hands and potential bite mark evidence on her hands, too. So that shows that she was trying to defend herself, you know, kind yeah. of like it's block funny because, herself. Like I like when you're talking. I know you can see and me moving. He, she's doing the hand gestures to her head and everything. I'm showing you, and she's explaining it to to you all. You just can't, can't see, see me. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing it. 
So yeah. Then they got a court order to get impressions of Willard's teeth. Uh-oh. Yep. I had another case with teeth. Impressions. What was the other one? Um. Carly? The. Or G- um. The last one you did? No, 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 no. 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 It's been a while. It's listen, my listen, brain isn't working well, right we've now. We've had a lot of cases too. I know. I'll but tell yes, you. There's more. There was well, there was a one it, it was the one where I brought up and we talked about Ted Bundy too and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I know. They're all the same. I know. <laughs> but yeah, they also sent the plaster tire marks to see Willard's tires and guess what? They matched up. Uh-oh. Right. Then they found in Willard's truck Oh, Barbara's wedding ring and the coin collection in a garbage bag. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. His excuse was she packed that up for him and gave it to him. Yeah, okay, in a garbage bag. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that Barbara, who's this like, you know, put together lady, would grab a garbage bag and throw her wedding ring in there and a coin collection. Sure. Sure thing. Sure, bud. So they did get impressions of his teeth as well. The forensic ontologist... Ooh, that's a fun one. On deologist, it's a, it's a big word, people. <laughs> did confirm that the bite marks on Barbara's hands were consistent with Willard's teeth. Oh, no. Yep. So August 3rd, 2001, Willard is arrested and charged. And his, if you look up his mugshot, you're just like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> he did it, for sure. If you look him up, you're like, yeah, that guy is... Oh. Yeah, Willard Purcell. Look him up. Willard Purcell. They also decided to um, exhume Crystal's body since what happened with Barbara was so coincidental. How could the same thing happen twice? He looks like one of the Muppets. He's just. One of those angry old man Muppets. This guy. Yeah, he's just. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He totally did it. Right. So, unfortunately, Crystal's autopsy was disappointing and only showed one blow, so they couldn't conclusively prove that it wasn't an accident. They needed at least two blows, two blunt force trauma, like, you know, like actual things to rule it out being an accident. Because she could have tripped and hit her head on something. So, Well, and if they had enough uh, with the first one, or the second murder, yeah, so they need to open up that wound right so it could have been something on the ground like a pipe you know but it probably wasn't it was probably willard oh i'm sure i would bet bet money on it that it was willard so the judge also ruled that they couldn't bring out crystal's death in the trial of barbara because of this because you know there just wasn't sucks it does suck because that's such to me such a big key piece of this whole thing yeah that it happened this exact scenario happened to his first wife right that to me is like Right, I know. Even if you're not saying he did that, it did happen. Right. I know. That's that's the thing that gets me, too. So July 8th, 2003, during the trial, he showed no remorse and was arrogant the entire time because he's a big asshole. (laughs) He really is. Then he took the stand, and his story changed about the whole thing, too. On the stand, he said he was at the house when she came home from work that night. And she was upset that he was there, and then they argued. Then she came at him with the flashlight, and he took it from her after she had struck him with it. And then he hit her back two or three times. And then she slipped on a rug or some shoes at the top of the basement stairs and then proceeded to fall down the stairs, but she was still alive. Then she threatened to call the police if if he didn't leave, so then he did leave. So he changed his story that it was self-defense. So she was alive when he, he left, left the house. Yes. And she just magically died. And then she magically died. At yep. the bottom of the stairs like that. Right. 
Lane, like how she was. Lane, how she was. Okay. Lane, how she was. What she was screaming at him, Lane, like that. Right. Right. Threatening him. Got it. So obviously, he didn't leave a good impression on the jurors, especially with switching up his story and how he carried himself and presented himself the entire time on trial. Yeah. The jury found him guilty on three counts of first-degree murder. He was convicted on all counts with the trial, um, merging the convictions and sentencing him to one term of natural life imprisonment. So That's a fun way to put it. Yeah. On September 12th, 2015, Will Purcell, Purcell died of respiratory failure, pneumonia, and mesotaic lung cancer. Darn it. Yeah, so he died from lung cancer, basically. While um, serving his sentence at the um, Menard. Menard? Menard. Like Menards? Say big Menard. Menard, yeah. Menard Menard Correctional Center in Menard, Illinois. Okay. M-E-N-A-R-D. Menard. Menard. Is that where Menards comes from? I don't know. Now we need to look that up. I will look that up. He was 69 years old at the time, so he only ended up serving 12 years for his... Well, that's ridiculous. ...killing of Barbara, unfortunately. Well, that's too bad. I mean, I like that he's dead. I know. And at least he did, I mean, 12 years, and I'm sure that his death was painful, which is great. Barbara is very missed by her friends and family. She only wanted to help people and heal, and she lived her life helping to care for people. Oh, well, that's too bad. So the house, um, Barbara and Willard's house, was at 6909 Safford Road in Rockford, Illinois. Um, It was a 2,436-square-foot ranch on on 1.29-acre lot with three bedrooms, 2.5 baths, this home is currently off the market, and it last sold sold April 12, 1994, for $120,000, and there's, like, no info. Redfin is like, I have no info on this. Realtor.com's, like, I no info. I wonder if it's because there's a murder that happened in it. And I think yeah. that it, I, I'm guessing that it's just, like, kind of just sitting in the family, yeah. is my thought. Yeah. I mean, if the tax records haven't changed, that's very likely. Yeah. So that also was the same year that the Bon Jovi Crossroads album came out. It said that on Redfin. Did it? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. So, unfortunately, there's not a lot of house info, um, but, yeah, I mean. Wow. Sad. I, I, sad think, I think that he killed his first wife. Oh, yeah. I think that he did, too. I think yeah. I bet you anybody listening to this is like, yeah, he did. I mean, died the same way. It just sucks, too, that it's like he knew he was dying in prison. Oh, yeah. Just admit what you've done. Yeah, no kidding. You dick. Yeah. So, and that he said it was self-defense, like Barbara was coming oh, at him, like, okay, on. calm down. Yeah. So. Fuck him. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is the sad story and death of Barbara. Well, thanks, Molly. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Um, so just a quick recap of our live show coming up on October 4th. Yep. And uh, tickets are sold out online, but we will open up the doors from 6 to 6.30 for any walk-ins. It is $5 more than it would have been if you would have gotten them online, but it, it's, it's for charity. Yep, it's so, going for charity. So make sure that if you are in Mount Horeb on October 4th, you stop by the Driftless Social and come in and listen to us talk in real life. Yep, and I, I have my case for that one. It's going to be a, I think it's a yeah, good one. I think we, it's a good one. We, we, we're saving some good ones for yep. this. So um, also we're almost to 10,000 downloads. Yep. We are at 9,000 right now, so I would say within the, a week or two. 
we would be at 10,000. So we're going to have to give a do a giveaway. Yep. So keep sharing with your friends and family. Um, yeah. Yep. And uh, we'll be doing a giveaway, a gift basket from our friends at Hinsey Homemade. If you haven't checked them out yet, they're on Facebook. And that's H-I-N-S-Y Homemade. They make and, adorable, adorable uh, items, stuff for your kids, stuff for yeah. you, yeah. really cute stuff. They have some adorable Halloween stuff out yes. right now. Yeah, so check them out. And while you're at that, make sure you join our Facebook group, which we've been getting a ton of members lately. So thank you so much for joining us. We, I've been on vacation for the last couple of weeks, and Molly's been really busy, so we haven't posted a whole lot. But yeah, we'll, we'll get back to yep, it. Yep, we're going to get back yeah. to that. It just gets busy every now and then, and yeah. you know. I figure as long as we're getting these out each week, we can... We're doing it. We, we're doing good. Yeah. So, so be sure to join the group. Uh, check out our website, home is where the murder is, uh, dot com. If you have a case you want us to do, email it to us at home is where the murder is at gmail.com. And check us out on Instagram. And we are working on getting our YouTube set up. That is just a work in progress. We're trying. Yep. One thing at a time, though. We, we got you. But we love you guys and appreciate you. Thank you again for listening to us. And we hope you have an amazing evening. And week. Or day. Or morning. I guess. All of it. Oh. I just hope everything's amazing. Oh. Happy right. fall. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.